You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Exciting news. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who have been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com, and then definitely follow them on Instagram for all the information that you need, because I'm sure that's where you follow us as well, at oklahomahof. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode up in Guthrie, America today with co-host Eric Granados here, who has introduced me to two very, very good boot makers, uh, which I'm, if people are listening to this, they probably already know you guys anyway, but we're here to tell some stories. Um, very good mustache girls, too. I'm jealous. I'm not jealous. I, so. I need to bring mine back. I, have, I, I can grow a mustache, <laughs> but it's red, and it's, mm, it's a bit different. My doesn't show up at all so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yours is, He's, they've seen it before he's got so. a stuck on mustache it's terrible um but no we're up in guthrie today um we have on the podcast raymond and Bo um up a door did i say that right get in yeah very i did close. i'm just very close <laughs> um but no we're, we're up in guthrie today for i mean you guys raymond i'm sure you spent thousands and thousands of hours making boots and just looking around this this shop and seeing all the you know the, the stuff that, that you've collected over the years the photos the paintings and just all the your kids boots and stuff like that like it's uh it's a special place for sure and uh i really appreciate you guys taking the time and you know wanting to share some stories to people listening who may not know um what you do and i'll be honest i was in college for four years in the states and i bought my first pair of boots for $140 the day before I flew home to go see my family after four years because I thought if I don't come back from the States with at least a pair of cowboy boots, you know, and the look on everybody's faces when I walked into the house and put my feet on the table <laughs> after my after my mum said to me, get your feet off the table and some choice words, you know, she's like, what are they? And then, you know, when I just raised the jean up a little bit, she's like, they, they, they're still going, they're all the way to the knee kind of thing. <laughs> So it was, and it still turns heads today when I wear them back home. But like I said, they were nothing compared to, you know, they were the, uh, I guess the entry level, let's say, uh, Ford Fiesta version of your, you know, (laughs) of the Ferrari boots that you guys wear now to put a car analogy out there. But um, I mean, where, where does the boot making start for you? Like you don't just grow up and think, you know what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm going to make boots. So we're, you know, we'd. Well, that's kind of what happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> At thirty some years of age, I decided I was going to build boots. Okay. But uh, to to back that up a little bit, I uh, I was still cowboying at the time and and uh, was buying made to measure boots. Uh-huh. And uh, once I learned that they were out there and available, uh, it was an amazing thing to me that you could. Uh, have them built the way you wanted them look, uh, colors, whatever you wanted on them, however you want them done, mm-hmm. and that the fit and the wear was beyond anything else that you could buy in a store. Not, not putting down ready-made boots, but, uh, but I am in a way too, mm-hmm. uh, and and used them. I used them every day, and, yeah. they, and they held up to that. In fact, <clears throat> my second pair of made-to-measure boots is over there on the wall. Yeah. And uh, I wore them until 
I started building boots and then gave them my brother and he wore them uh -huh. for several years and then gave them back to me. But it's kind of a neat deal. You yeah. Know? It's, so it came out of a need then, right? A need for you just thinking, uh, ah, instead of me making, instead of me wanting to buy these, I'm just going to make myself, make my own. Yeah, kind of. We, uh, we start different things in all different directions, but uh, I had a uh, an old riding buddy of mine come down to see me in a cow camp I was in, and and uh, he laid around there for about two weeks working, and uh, he said one day, he says, you know, cowboys are the only people I know that uh, quit their job and go see a friend and do the same thing they quit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in the evening times, we talked about different stuff. He uh, he thought he wanted to leave the ranch and go to California and, and learn uh, and work with uh, Rain Cowers trainers mm -hmm. out there. He wanted to, he, and he, is, he was actually a horseman at that time, really. Um, we were working cattle one day, uh, sorting some stuff out, and afterwards, he says, you know, you use your horse to work cattle and I use cattle to work my horse which is true but yeah. out of that out of those nights together they're just laying around talking and visiting and I said well you know I think I'm going to be a saddle maker I think I'm going to learn how to build saddles and he says no I think you need to learn how to build boots that was kind of the, the, okay. the beginning of that yeah. and where he went too yeah uh, no, but yeah, you, you now you got your start you were doing rodeo and, at first right so I mean because I know you uh, you busted Bronx and stuff before, and you were out in Oregon and yeah, I, too, I kept so. out there a lot. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, same thing. We rodeoed a lot, trained a lot of horses, showed some horses, and yeah. Um, but yeah, mine. <clears throat> I just finally figured out that the older I get, the ground gets harder and the <laughs> bones get softer, and I needed something warmer to do. It was when I met Ray. It was I don't know March or so, February. <laughs> it was cold. I don't know what it was, but mm -hmm. it was cold. And that's the great thing about Guthrie is you're right on that line where you kind of get some of those northern winters and the southern summers. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, so I was bumming around, and that, that's that's kind of where that stemmed from is mm -hmm. just uh, have something a little warmer and easier. And, of course, you know, it uh, when you do what I've done most of my life you look everything's gonna make more money right oh yeah yeah you have a have a couple kids and a wife and so that's just kind of where it stemmed I mm -hmm. I have appreciate quality um yeah. I've always rode you know handmade saddles and and good bits and um I've had a few pair I mean I've had a lot of handmade boots but I've had a couple pair that fit well mm -hmm. and I've had a lot that didn't so I had an appreciation for that and uh, Mr. Dort had a has got a phenomenal red, reputation, you know, nationwide, worldwide. So when I stopped in, it was more just to look at the shop. You know, I mean, this is as cowboy a shop as it gets. You know, yeah. and, um, I've been in a lot of shops, and you don't find I've never found anything like this. So that was kind of really why I stopped. We had a mutual friend, kind of, that I was riding some horses for, and same thing. You know, he had talked to Ray about you need an apprentice and. Ray was ready to lock the door and leave. I ain't taking no apprentice. I almost kind of had to coax him into it, but 
um, yeah, so that's kind of how I got started. So I, I finally relented because he was persistent. And I told him, okay, I'm going to do this. But I own you for four months. When I'm here, you're here. And I'll interject. That was his ploy to not do it. Right. I yeah. Think. That's like, do you really <laughs> want to sell your soul to me right. for the next four months? Like, it was it was stipulation on stipulation. And, okay, now you're willing to do it? Okay, no, it's Yeah. But, no. I, it's what he said. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, that was in March, first part of March. And the first part of March, a couple of months past, has been three years. He's been here th- over three years now. Yeah. Yeah. Four months. Yeah, he thought he was going to run me. <laughs> <laughs> coming into work every day. He's like, still yeah. here. He's still here. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Oh, wow, six months a year. He's like, this guy's still here. Yeah. Man, well, I guess I'll keep him around. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I tell you, I learned something in my, uh, in just growing up. I, I wish I'd have learned it sooner was... In today's society, and I suppose it probably um, is true for anything that you do, it's so hard to just go do something and be successful at it mm-hmm. um, anymore, especially in the horse industry or, you know, the boot making industry. There's so many people doing it and so many people that are better than you that you can't just, you know, ride a few Bronx and then hang out your shingle as a, you know, mm-hmm. Bronx rider. That's just not... And I, I, I didn't learn that until later on after I'd already kind of, you know, gone through that. So that's where I'm at here. And, I you know, I was telling him that the other day is uh, when when I came here, he it was kind of a mutual agreement that I was, you know, I mean, that's the goal is for me to be a better move maker than mm-hmm. he is. Right. Now, he's got 40 years under his belt and I've got three. But, um, you know, the, I think that's how progress is made is I don't have to spend 40 years to get where he's at. I spend five years. Mm-hmm under proper tutelage yeah and then it grows from there you know and then uh, i think that's just how we do things i think as a society or as mm-hmm. mankind however you want to look at it but you you know the horse industry rodeo um you know i suppose sports we learn that like that you know we take the knowledge of of our forefathers and we build upon it mm-hmm. if you don't then it's that adage uh, keep doing what you've done you'll keep getting what you got type yeah, thing yeah yeah so that you know, and that's how I look. That's how I look at it. A lot of times, man, I just want to throw it all and throw my sucker in the dirt and stomp off, right? Yeah. Pick up my toys. But you know, it's at one point, and I had enough invested in it that it mm-hmm. can't quit now. Right. <laughs> what am I going to do? You know, so. Yeah. Um, and the clock keeps ticking as well. So yeah, kind of along the same lines when I first met these two, you know, they're you know I met through a mutual friend, and you know, ever since then, Bo's kind of opened the door to me to kind of teach me the ropes on a few things, and we've gotten yelled at a few times for not closing the gate. So and I'm enjoying that story, <laughs> you know. But it's a it's it's a learning experience, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, to get better, you know, I got to learn from the best, right. and so mm-hmm. and uh, they've helped me with my photography, and they've gotten you know taught me a few things and along the line here we are so yeah. i've been working with Bo out at his ranch a couple of times and you know taking pictures of his horse boots whatever right. so it's been it's been a blast so far How, i'll tell you i'm gonna interrupt ahead. you for a moment this is important this is this is your interview you do what you want everybody <laughs> adheres this if you go through a gate that's locked lock it behind you if it's open you leave it open <laughs> Well, Eric was good. Cowboy. Eric was good about it, you know. Yeah, and that's—I'd like to think of myself. I know I throw my suck in the dirt when Ray hollers at me, but that's that character-building aspect of someone's 
tutelage, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think we're seeing that rampantly in the world today that people will not take instruction. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's just how you build, you know, all things. We look at the, you know, the decades of our life, you know, you learn discipline and um, character and obedience, mm-hmm. wisdom. And I, I think you have to have those building blocks. But if you're not willing to take a little bit of constructive criticism, mm-hmm. that's I, I kind of threw that at Eric the other day just to see how he'd take it. You going to shut that gate or not? Oh, yeah, man. You know, say yeah. that. And he took it great. You felt really bad, didn't you? Well, he took me out on the horse for, you know, I've always wanted to ride a horse. Never, never got the chance. He took mm-hmm. me out, and he's teaching me how to ride a horse. At the same time, he's telling me how to close a gate. And then I see him across the pasture. He's hightailing it, trying to catch a heifer. And he's like, why didn't you come out with me? I'm like, well, I can't even get control of my horse, first of all. <laughs> and I got my camera on. Yeah, it is a camera on. So, yeah, not a, not, yeah. not a good day Nice that, introduction. So. Well, yeah. that's what I figured. I figured if he makes it through this and we've got something <laughs> yeah. to build on, you know. Yeah. If he don't, then I had a good time. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, no, it's it, no, it's been a blast. These two are awesome, yeah. awesome so guys. How how long have you been in this location? Because you mentioned you were you know you weren't thinking about making boots until your thirties, and like you were around the country doing cowboy stuff. I, I've been in this building since April thirteenth, nineteen ninety seven. Prior to that, I was in a building just next block down, which was Guthrie's very first livery stable. And I, man, there's a bunch of other stuff there. But anyway, uh, those are the two buildings. These are two buildings I've been in mm-hmm. as a bootmaker in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Uh, I really originally came to Guthrie in 1989 in uh, April. And uh, it was April 13th. I never even thought about it until just now. But I went to work for a bootmaker right across the street. Um, I had met him seven years prior, and and he'd wrote and called me for seven years, wanting me to go to work for him. And I finally decided he'd been building boots for 50-some years that I could probably learn something from him. So that's what I did. I can't move to Guthrie. Well, with, with, with the intentions, this is 1989, with the intentions of not being here more than two years, because there's way too many people for me. And and above and beyond that, there's so many trees I can't see anywhere. And he wants to give me crap for four months. I know. Three it's, years. There's, there's something going on. You know, it sounds very similar right here. No, right now, I didn't know. <laughs> anyway. Mm. What was Guthrie like in the in like early 90s compared to what it's like now? Is there more people? Busy. All I don't think I, I might be wrong, but I don't think there was any any uh, businesses or buildings that was empty at that time. Yeah, and there was a lot of stuff going on. Um, my wife used to have a joke saying that when there, somebody dropped a hat, we had a parade. You know, I mean, there was just all yeah, there was just a lot of stuff going on. You know, we had tour buses coming in and in the summer months from when school was out until when school started and this is no joke it was hard to find a place to park downtown and you had to be careful when you're driving because there was people not necessarily using crosswalks just crossing here and there it was busy a lot of things were going on i didn't know that i thought it was more old town that was kind of deserted for quite a few years I didn't realize it was so busy it's probably coming back now to what it used to be right kind of more businesses uh-huh. and like more popular businesses come in and just people 
bringing more, you know, I know we know Hedy. Hedy does a great job of bringing people to this town and this city. He does, but as far as business, I would say no. Okay. Now, Hedy mentioned something about some governor story he wanted you to tell us. He said something about a governor. and Yeah, he said, you're going to see Raymond. He said, make sure he tells you the governor story. So I don't know what that is. I don't know if you can tell it. That's entirely up to you. That's, that's from Hetty. So we'll leave you up to that one. Now, do you want me to grab the yeah, Okay. So what, what, is, what, do you, what does he mean by that? <laughs> He's going to pursue it, isn't he? Yeah. It's totally up to you. I want to know it, too. Yeah, you don't know. Apparently, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm not from Guthrie, Orac, Oklahoma, but I like history. Mm-hmm. And Guthrie was was the capital of the territory, uh-huh. and then it became the capital of the state. And the governor at that time was having some uh, personal difficulties with the gentleman owned the oh, yeah. first capital publishing <laughs> company, which was the largest publishing company west of the. I'm not sure if it was the Mississippi or the Missouri River. I believe it was the Mississippi River, which was a huge deal. And so the story is that he uh, got to the point where he feared for his life and he moved the state seal and stuff down to Oklahoma City. He didn't do that by himself. He had accomplices with it. But if anybody's read any of Mark Twain's stories, and he's, he's got some really neat antidotes, I think. But one of them is never get into a writing argument with somebody who buys ink by the barrel full. <laughs> now, I don't know yeah. whether it dealt with this situation or not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I did, yeah, he was telling us, he was like, God, if you talk to him, make sure he tells you that story. We we're just like, what, what's what's the deal with that? Yeah. So and now, we finally, now we finally know. So there it is. that's awesome. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, they order all their materials, right? Do you guys have like a leather supplier uh, that you know? Dozens of them. multiple, yeah. What's like a what's the process of picking your materials and you know? But I guess. But I guess yeah. with like boot making, you have to have some sort of artistic ability to design no. and no. nothing like that. No. So, right here. Yeah. Yeah. So, I couldn't draw my own name. Brute strength. Gosh, man. Well, I've seen all the designs you guys make. I mean, there's got to be some sort of artistic stuff in there, but I guess just knowing what you're doing, right? So, but uh, uh, do you guys have like. No, a, no, no. It does take some artistic ability. Mm-hmm. And both. Was joking you because he's he's drawing up some pretty nice patterns, oh, patterns you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, although he stole a bunch of mine, but he has done some of his own. Do do back uh, to that building back thing, to that really? building. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Is there like a signature? As I know, you have the L on the back of your boots. Do all bootmakers have that signature? Thing on their boots or no. anything like that. I didn't know if there you was You know, anything. growing up, I grew up in South Te- or Central Texas, South Central Texas, mm-hmm. and there was a bootmaker there. His name was Ray Jones. And he was, you know, keep in mind, you know, your kid growing up, he was famous. Yeah. And he and he really kind of was. I mean, he had like a five-year wait list. He'd done governors and so on, you know, a lot of celebrities. So he's like Raymond. Charlie <laughs> Daniels. Yeah. I mean, essentially he was. He yeah. was um, and Ray Jones had a toe flower. 
that was was Ray Jones' signature. Every, as far as I know, every pair of boots that he built had that toe flower on it. And so I grew up with the mentality that that was a bootmaker's signature sure. because it was Ray Jones' signature. And it wasn't until I come here that I learned that that's not necessarily the case. You know, Ray has a D on the side of his boot. And um, web pulls. And web pulls. You know, I mean, it... it it's just a signature, it right? Depending on how big it is or whatever. You get some with mine, I, I separate that. I've got a couple different sure. lines of boots that some of them I put it on and some of them I don't. You know, that, the nicer end that I'll put a, a nail mainly because that's the only place I can figure out how to put it and fix <laughs> yeah. my stitching. But uh, Ray is a Nazi about starting and stopping stitching, and it's rubbed off on me now. It's uh-huh. kind of like putting in a toe flower. <laughs> Uh, he, matter of fact, he was teasing me the other day when I came in here. You know, all my boots, I just wore a toe flower. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not the last, what, three pair I built? <laughs> <laughs> they don't have toe flowers on. They're a pain in the butt. Now, yeah. for people that don't know, what's the difference between a custom pair of boots versus a pair at the store and buy a pair of just well, you, got, you got more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a custom pair, mm-hmm. you can choose your leathers. Your colors. You can design it. Mm-hmm. You can design it. But then you've got a made-to-measure, mm-hmm. which is what we do. Mm-hmm. It's a custom made-to-measure. You can still choose all those things, toes and heels, height and all that stuff. But you get measured. You get eight measurements on each foot and leg. And, of course, uh, a ready-made out of a store, an eight, just take an eight-and-a-half D, they're built to fit a wide range of eight and a half D's. Mm-hmm. And you would think an eight and a half D is an eight and a half D foot, but they're not. Mm-hmm. They all vary. And the different boot companies use different lasts, which measure a little differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's some really good boots made, and then there's some that are you pay for what you get, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that answered your question or not, but a a made-to-measure boot, whether we make it or some other reputable boot maker makes it, Mm -hmm. what you're doing with that, building that boot for that individual's foot, left left and right. Mm -hmm. And when you do, you've taken all the stress out of that leather. You don't have places that are way too tight or places that are loose, Mm -hmm. which either one affects the the function of that leather and the longevity of that Mm -hmm. leather. So if it fits your foot like it's supposed to fit, it walks like it's mechanically like it's supposed to, Mm -hmm. um, and that goes into another thing. We, uh, most of our lasts are wooden lasts made out of maple, and they're all come from the 30s and 40s. we never we when we when we when we start a pair of last to fit them up and fitting them up means we we add leather where we need to bring it out we sand on it shape on that leather measure it uh, we just don't gob leather on because when we finish we want want it to look like a boot mm-hmm. but we don't sand on the last at all we take a smaller last and build it up as soon as you start sanding on it you've changed the integrity of that last mm-hmm. And whoever designed those lasts, they designed them to work whatever high heel height they are, however they're built, to work with the foot. Mm-hmm. So it, it 
they know more about they know more about whoever designed them last know more about how feet operate and work and you're walking than I'll ever know. So that's a, that's kind of the story on that. Um, and I know custom boots have a specific heel made to fit into. Uh, I can't. My words kind of got lost. Uh, they're made to fit in the stirrup. Right, well, not so. necessarily all custom. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I, I just thought uh, Irish do. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I know the I know the shape is yeah. meant for you know to get fit in a stirrup for riding. Yeah. And, you know, doing actual cowboy stuff. Actual, yeah, not like not the people like myself who would probably just want a fancy pair of boots to wear right. going out to dinner or something. Like you guys actually. No, I do look nice. You know? yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Our boots, most most. I mean, they're designed for a function. They sure. were designed cowboys' boot. Now, people who are not cowboys wear them a lot, mm-hmm. but but you know, a lot of boot makers they don't. And nothing against them, but, you know, they don't make necessarily a cowboy's boot. They may make a cowboy boot or a western pull-on or a, sure. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's more for, like, everyday use. It's not for going to work use. Right. It's more for, like, hey, I'm going to put on my nice pair of boots and go to yeah. dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and that is, a, is a, I think, I don't, I don't mean to be arrogant. I don't hope not. But I spent almost 20 years horseback mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I know how boot should fit and how it operates Bo has done that same thing he knows and understands that the vast majority of our custom boot makers today and no offense to any of them have never been there right. never done it it's more for fashion than, than actual use yes. right? and we build we still build our boots like they were built in the late teens and early 20s that was kind of the peak of 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 refinement on them and uh, they're built that same way and and they were built to be used and i know i've talked to bo before and he was we're just talking about boots and he was like you know if you wanted to take pictures and get into this industry you got to get a custom pair of boots because if you show up on somebody's ranch with, with those, a pair that with, I have with those things they're going to kick you and throw yeah, you out yeah, they, yeah they're, they're going to be like yeah this guy why I didn't wear mine today this guy doesn't know what he's doing right. so yeah the, I'm finally getting mm-hmm. a finally yeah, getting I mean, a custom pair made and I'm well, super I've pumped had about it, so. and I know Ray has I've had a lot of guys that come in and, and, the, and for me especially as the maker you know they tell you, you hear stories of I was sitting in the restaurant the other day and some guy walked by and said, hey, who made your boots? Mm. And that, I mean, that just speaks to the boot itself. You can tell you when can you tell. look at it that it's a made boot. Mm-hmm. It's not something off the shelf, that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's a big deal with, you know, I think Ray said it one time, they, uh, they fit, they last, and they look good doing it. So that, you know, and that's something that, you know, I mean, you can just yeah. chalk it up or it's a point of pride or whatever, but people recognize that you know and i don't know if it's the quality or just a flat out look you know but i will say that our boots have a far different look than any boot that i've seen yeah um yeah and and i'm not saying you know other people's boots don't look good but it's ours is different and of course well it's got that it's got that old cowboy look Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which i don't know that means a lot to Bo and i know but uh the vast majority of people don't even know what that old cowboy yeah. boot yeah, looked like. Exactly. I mean, they don't they don't see it. They've never seen it. They don't understand it. And so, when you say you build a cowboy boot, they just think it's another 
pull-on boots, you know, but most of them make a, what I call, what I call a Western pull-on boot. You, you said Not something earlier, when you bought your boots, you went home, put them on your table. There's, uh, yeah. a, there's a guy named <laughs> Gary P. Nunn. You ever heard of him? Uh, He's a, just Texas music, songwriter, singer, mm-hmm. and he sings a song, and he, he, they, you know, them guys, they go over to London a lot. I don't, there's, I guess, some music scenes get over there. Yeah. And in one of his songs, it's called London Homesick Blues. And uh, I talked to him one time. We were in Lukenbach, actually, and Jerry Jeff Walker was playing, and Gary P. Nunn was opening for him. And so we were talking. I, that's a great song. You know, at that time, I was listening to a lot of both of those guys. And he said, that it's manly footwear over there. If you're wearing boots, it's, it's something... Like you're a biker, Scott. Yeah. The way I understood yeah. no, it, you're right. You're totally right. It was really? kind of like it when yeah. I was growing up. A guy with a tattoo, you know, yeah. that meant, you yeah. know, now everybody's got them on their eyelids. But the way he, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> the way he described yeah. it is that boots are mainly footwear, and he said, man, every time you go over there, people are always looking at your boots. Mm. So he wrote that in a song. If you get a chance, to look yeah. it up. You're London. totally right, though. Like it's people you know that like the dress shoes no one wears boots as dress shoes back home they're all like the low cut kind of stuff mm-hmm. that you might wear with a suit and and yeah bikers would wear boots and right. doc martins are quite big back home as well you know like the old leather right. doc martin style and the um you know like the cat kind of boots like those would be workman's boots but nobody back home unless like they either bought them in the states really i don't think you can i mean you there's probably shops that sell cowboy boots but Few yeah. far between. Oh, like I would be the if I, when I went out, you know, I went home for Christmas and we went out and had like a little reunion. I'm the only person in the entire town with cowboy boots on that night. That's awesome. Almost to the point where all my friends were like, tuck your jeans in and walk around. Absolutely not. You know? They have no idea about like cold cowboy culture or anything. Yeah, it, exactly. You know, like some purple and pink. Like, and mine have a little bit. Mine a little turquoise, t- tiny, a little bit of color. But yeah, like I, you know, I for people back home, like I have a size 13 foot, which is kind oh, of a wow. big foot, right? And you put cowboy boots on top of that, and they, they just mm-hmm. they look big, don't they? And they add an extra couple of inches on, you know, make me look a little taller. And yeah, I walk out, my friends are like, have you grown? <laughs> like, no, but you know, look, check these out. And I put all my boot up and they're like, no freaking way. So it, it and those, you know, like I said, they were off the rack. No one, no one, no one back home would understand a custom sure. boot, right? They just wouldn't. Sure. If I went home and said, I, I just bought these for five thousand dollars, and they were totally custom, they'd be like, yeah, okay, like, they have no idea. <laughs> right? But out here, like you said, people will see that yeah. when they're walking mm-hmm. through a restaurant. They'll ask you, you know, oh, what, who made your boots? But yeah. um, Eric told me one thing about coming up here. He said like. Um, you know, just this entire shop is full of little gems, but like your machines, are, you've had these machines for a long time, right? Well, yeah, I've, since I started some of them, and I've added to them obviously through the years, yeah. but um, that's a fairly new machine far as year-wise, not I've had it for yeah. quite a long time. Nineteen twelve. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, not that old. No, but. Uh, these two machines are 60, 70 model machines. Mm. And we got another, I got another back here that I just picked up here, I don't know, last fall or something. It's pretty, pretty new. But the rest of this stuff is old. In fact, that Singer machine right there was uh, what I used to stitch tops on, mm-hmm. do all the fancy stitching on. And it's got a, on a plate there, it said, it was built in December, I think it was 28, 18, 
98. No way. No. That thing's been over 100. That thing's over yeah. 100 years old. Yeah. God. We, it still works. Still I didn't it. know yeah. that. Well, yeah. they really don't make stuff like they used to. That's true. I guess. Well, and that's, yeah. you know, in any yeah. boot-making shop in the country, that's what you'll see. That stuff like that. Right there, you know, because they, even today, <clears throat> I've not met one yet that says that's not the best top-stitching machine out there. Yeah. I mean, wow. at least, you know, Sorrell down the road, she still uses one to stitch those Everyone I know of, they still use it, either yeah. a 3115 or a mm -hmm. 110W. Yeah. Wow. 100 year old machines to stitch tops with. And yeah. that's, um, you'd think by now we'd have figured out something. something better, but, yeah. You know, I, I, there's, a, there's a guy I know in Toledo, Ohio, has got a, he uh, got a machine, uh, sewing machine company. Mm -hmm. He repairs machines, sells parts. And I called him looking for some parts for him because I wanted to have we need to repair some things and, and I wanted some extras and this has been what has it been over a month ago mm, close to it I've called him several times yesterday not yesterday last week I called him talked to him and he says you know I'm having a hard time finding the parts you want and he says hey uh, nobody carries that stuff anymore because he says the machines, those machines were discontinued years and years ago. And if if there isn't, if there wasn't, there was not a bunch of parts yeah. already available, then they're gone because they're not making them anymore. Mm -hmm. He says the only, I says, what are, you, what are we going to do? Because you just can't beat that machine. He says, well, start buying them and hopefully they got, Parts oh, yeah. on them that aren't worn out that you can use on yours. Well, you're going to be making your own pots to fix to, yeah. to fix them, right? Yeah. That's so uh, that that's awesome. But yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned you know these boots have been sold. Your boots have been sold all over the world, right? For people listening, like you know, what what is it like when you get that phone call? Or I, I mean, it might have even been a letter back then saying, "Hey, can I buy your boots? I'm from Japan." Like. You know, you've been doing this so long that now you have a reputation, but before you had, you know, before when you were still doing this and, you know, probably in like, like your stage, right, when you were an apprentice or working, what, you know, when, when you get that letter or phone call that says, hey, I want, you know, make a pair of boots for me and I'm in Australia, like, are you thinking this is nuts? It's like a prank phone call that we get now? Like, what, you know, what, what was that like? Do you remember the first one you sold overseas? Um, yeah. I do. Yeah. You know, and I thought, man, you know, because here I am working, 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 and being I'm just busy in my shop. I don't advertise. You know, I don't do all that stuff. I just come to work in the morning, leave at night, come to work in the morning, and, and have somebody from uh, a different country contact me and want me to build boots for them. It was like, it was kind of like, How'd you get my name? You know, yeah. or, or why are you calling me or whatever it might have been? And then, uh, then it kind of makes you think, well, maybe I'm doing something right. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm building a product that's people are liking because you never know. Mm -hmm. You know, you just you're building something you like, mm -hmm. but. Is it something everybody else would, or other people would like? I mean, does it look nice? Does it fit good? Does it? We're talking about boots right now, but it could be any anything. 
uh, does it fit, fit the need for somebody, you know, and that's kind of neat. Where's the furthest your, boot, your y'all's boots have gone? Uh, I would say probably Japan is the farthest. Oh, gosh. But, I got uh, Germany and England. I got uh, I got three pair in Canada, mm. but two things. When when I first first started in here, um, the deal was I got to make two pair. Of, he was going to teach me how to make boots, and I got to make two pair of boots, and that was supposed to take four months. Um, still going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when I started, I don't I don't remember the whole scenario, but. He sent me over the wall and said, get you a pair of lasts that fit this. And I went over and I pulled out a pair of lasts and then, and it, they're still, I think he just used them the other day. Yeah. Pulled them out and it said, Katsumi Honda. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah. What? The guy that owns Honda. I mean, like, no, no, no. Yeah, sure we're getting, are you well, sure? I, I made the comment. I was like, oh, yeah, you build boots for the guy that owns Honda? He goes, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. But, yeah. It was his son, or I mean, but yeah, an heir yeah, to yeah. us. But uh, that being said, I, <clears throat> I was telling Ray the other day, I, I just got a call, phone call, and this is not Japan or Germany, but a guy from Virginia, yeah. which at that stage, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. say, hey, man, I like like your stuff. My wife's got a little Facebook page, put some of my boots sure. on, you know. Mm-hmm. He's like, man, you got some really nice boots. How do I get? How do I get a pair? And I get a lot of people calling. You know, what's your price? And right. you tell them, and they're like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, thank they, you. That's how I kick in, and I, yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. this guy said, uh, yeah, man, I'd like to have some. And then what was it a, the next week or a few days later? A guy from New York. I'm like, what are y'all yeah. doing? That's how you get though, isn't it? It's like word of mouth, and yeah. one of their friends has it. And they're in but a it was good crazy group to me to yeah. just you know most of mine, most of my boots have are just cowboy friends of mine that. Mm come across a couple bucks and trying to help a buddy out type thing friends and family yeah. that's how i've been able to do this and then uh, you know ray keeps threatening to retire so it, it depending on how he feels he quits taking orders <laughs> and he'll send them to me and then he'll take some more but, yeah um but yeah that was that was my first aha moment right. you know I, some guy from virginia he wants a actually he's a civil war reenactor okay that's yeah. a big deal out there so oh wow he wants, uh, I'm building him. Matter of fact, he's supposed to be here today or tomorrow. Yeah. Um, he's flying in from Virginia to get measured That's for a pair of two-piece boots. So do people, That's like, you You have to have them fly in, or can you do it, like, remotely? I can do it through mail, but I okay. I personally, and I don't think Bo's any different, um, I like to have the interaction sure. with them. Mm-hmm. So I kind of get to know them, understand them, kind of see what, you know, and I can see, and I can do the measurements. And when I can do the measurements, then they're going to be right. Right. There's no reason why you can't do the measurements right for the order form the way it's written up. But uh, but sometimes it. But but that interaction with that individual mm-hmm. helps me. And then when I get to the point of building that boot, then I yeah. I kind of reflect on who it is. You know, kind of. And the neat thing about that sometimes some of them are are definitely know what they want. Some of them don't. Some of them give me free reign, and and then mm-hmm. by just spending that, it could be a half hour to three hours of them being right. here or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them overstay their welcome quite a bit. <laughs> but I say that in jest. But um, I really kind of get a feel of them, and then that, and then when I can build it the way I want, I'm you know I'm drawn off of that, and yeah. that's kind of neat to me. I. 
And they, they usually always get more than they ever paid for sure. because of that. Hopefully it doesn't get all brown. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but no, we don't, you, we don't you do let, brown boots. You let your artistic yeah. ability go. Yeah. And like you yeah. said, they definitely get probably yeah. more often than I get more than they paid for because mm-hmm. you have so much pride in what you do that you're not going to let a boot go out of here without it. He did saying, one here you know. not too long ago, and it just kind of boggled me. But on the inside of the top, he just put a little band across the back and put a butterfly in it, like an inlaid. Yeah. Very. I mean, what we would normally, you know, what you're, we're going to get five hundred bucks to do on the outside. He just put it on the inside, and it was gorgeous. You know, yeah. it was a great. Just you know, it's just one of those extra deals mm-hmm. that, uh, and of course, yeah. I see him do it a lot. You know, but. But it felt right. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just that part of the part of what it is. You know, mm-hmm. it's part of who he is, and um, so yeah. I mean, you know, and, and I remember that the lady that that got those, she spent two or three hours in here, and then she came back several times. You know, so it's just, mm-hmm. I guess I say that to say that what he was talking about. You know, that just that relationship, just like you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? In and out of here, we kind of know each other, and yeah, you're mm-hmm. a whole lot more uh, apt to. Yeah. You know, right? Because he may say something like, "I want brown boots," and mm-hmm. you'll be like, "Hang on, I know you now. You've been in and out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you really need this, and you yeah. should probably trust me because I've been doing this a long time." Hot yeah. pink and I lime think, green you know. for you, buddy. Oh, <laughs> Only the prettiest boots from those. Exactly. So, but yeah, uh, I know you guys aren't really on social media. I know you have Facebook. Is that really kind of where people can find you? Yeah, you know, I get a lot of you know stuff. My wife kind of runs a lot of that. I look at it, mm-hmm. um, but that's. That's mm-hmm. any advertising I've done. That's yeah. that's it. Word of mouth. That mocks and highway. The best, you know? mm-hmm. the best is word of mouth because oh, yeah. you know, they get it from a friend. They trust that yep. friend's reputation. And, yeah. and like you said, from the guy from New York, he may be in a group, and you know you always get your friend pocket. The you know your friend group that you're always trying to outdo each other, right? So then if he gets a custom pair of boots that nobody knows about, yeah. like, and they, you know, oh, look at this, and then you get, yeah. like you said, you get phone calls from the entire group that says, but, hey, I want matching boots now. That Adam Tony, the guy from Virginia, he's, it's, it's what he told me. He goes, man, if you, you know, if we kind of get this right, I got a bunch of buddies that, yeah, that would love to have a pair. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, it just, that's just what it is. It's, yeah. That, yeah, that's, there's no better, and it, and the opposite as well. You know, you do a bad job for somebody and that, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that word of mouth is, it's terror. Yeah. So it travels worse it, more it, than the bad stuff than the good stuff. But, you know, this business is kind of, uh, it's different than so many businesses. It's uh, a more personal relationship type, mm-hmm. even if they send in an order form. You know, it's not, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of, kind of like probably most of commerce was, uh, uh, conducted years ago. You know, uh, mm-hmm. there's a personal relationship between who comes through the door to buy milk and bread and whatever you know what i mean yeah yeah you know exactly you know who they are you know their family you know this you know it's more like i said the personal connection and a lot of business is probably done over a handshake rather than you know hey i'm going to send you an email and here's my here's my sizes and you never meet that person you know you might never talk to them face to face or even over the phone it's over Mm -hmm. email and that's that's a sad thing that's continuing to be normal now i can see where that's a great benefit you don't like talking to people at all, do you? I said, you don't like talking to people at all, do you? You know, you left alone. I'd love to be in that business. I know. I'd love to talk to nobody. Yeah, so. just, mail it, just mail me the checks and yeah. the, you know, stuff. And yeah. You know, I, and I enjoy it. I, I was going a different direction on that, but uh, I enjoy visiting with people. I just, mm-hmm. 
sometimes I get upset with myself for spending so much time doing sure. it, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but as far as social media, I, I can see where that would be uh, a benefit and just mm -hmm. watching Bo work on his. Mm -hmm. So I, I, get, I have a flip phone and I'm computer illiterate. But I do have a face page. Facebook, one of those. Facebook, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I got the right words. You know, one of those. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how much yeah. I know about it. Ray's it still on MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that for. Uh, oh man. Uh, I've had it for uh, seven months. Of course, I don't know how to operate. Yeah. We don't need it. I can help you, know? you guys out with that. So. Right, like yeah. you know, if if you're in a if you're in a spot that Widow Mouth's not working anymore, then yeah, it's totally worth it, right? But with the clientele that you have, mm -hmm. I mean, look, everyone's on Facebook, but with like I said, with the Widow Mouth and the like, that's that's how your business is done, right? I mm -hmm. mean, maybe whenever you get an apprentice, and you know, right. whenever time down the road, maybe everything is done over the phone. But in such a business like this, you said it's such a personal connection. You know, anything custom is personal, but with the boots, yeah. it's, you got to have that, put someone's personality in that shoe. Yeah. Right? That's why they're picking it. For both of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, even if you think you know what you want and you don't, you get what I give you, mm. it's still your personality and mine as well. Mm. I built a pair for a guy over in, uh, he was in the Phoenix area, and never met him, don't know him from Adam, but... Uh, got a great relationship with him or seemed to he mm. says he likes him. i mean I, you know yeah. i guess but uh I, it was hard for me to build that pair of boots just because i have no idea what this guy you know mm -hmm. i don't know what he does for a living um and i'm learning those things as well you know what yeah. do you do for a living what are you going to do with the boots what yeah. and that that just determines a lot of times you know a lot of times especially heel height seems especially here lately um well you know i want to people think they want a lot shorter heel mm. and half the time i'll give them a you know, half inch taller heel than they, they say, and they love them, mm. but because they don't know when I do, and I know who they are, you know, getting to meet them and what they're doing, yeah. um, you know, that's a big, big plus to mm -hmm. the, the personal deal. But like Ray said, you know, the plus to the knot is got a check in the mail, mail the boots out, and you're done with it. Right. But, uh, you know, uh, relate back, excuse me. No, 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 you're fine. Go ahead. On that heel height, uh, and just say this a little bit about it. We could make three or four inch heel for somebody on a mm -hmm. cowboy boot that would walk walk well. Mm -hmm. The people have the idea if the taller the heel, and we wouldn't make one that tall, but mm -hmm. it can be done. The taller the heel, the more unstable they would be, and, and the harder to walk. Mm -hmm. But what that does, there's a couple of things it does, but we level and balance that heel and it's so important on every pair to level and balance that heel and if you level and balance it you can build a tall heel like that mm -hmm. but also that that puts a contact point back under your leg bone instead of to the outside of your mm -hmm. on your heel and so that balances and they walk and they walk almost walk out from under you they walk so well mm -hmm. and um who was it here had a statement about that a couple years ago, walked in here, and they'd, I had told them about that, and they'd pulled on their boots. Uh, it was either Gus or Jesse. I don't remember. I was like, oh, man. This is a... Uh, and it, they said, man, this they do almost walk out from under you. Yeah. But that's yeah. the importance mm -hmm. of leveling and balancing that 
heal with the rest of your boot. Mm-hmm. That's just part of the fit, you yeah. know, that you get is understanding how a boot's supposed to work. You know, any monkey can read a tape measure and mm-hmm. stack leather together to that measurement, you know, but understanding how a boot works and how it works with the foot, mm-hmm. that's something that's still almost foreign to me is just how the foot works in correlation, like, like Ray was talking about those lasts. They're designed that way for a reason. They didn't use Google to do it. You know, they just had mm-hmm. a piece of paper and a carving knife type. Yeah. Um, but it, the anatomy of the foot and the way those things, you know, fit and work together, and um, it it will make or break a boot. And just just a eighth of an inch in the heel placement. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I mean, a sixteenth underneath the breast of that heel. <clears throat> so that you know when you step you've got just that little bit of give i mean if you don't you've got a, you've got that breast of that heel a little higher than the heel than the back of the heel mm-hmm. man it'll kill your foot i, mm-hmm. I know that personally <laughs> yeah so i mean it's it's just a big those little bitty deals in understanding how that boot works and what mm-hmm. you've put into it um it's you know every little thing makes a difference in that mm-hmm. Yeah, Bo just made a pair a couple weeks ago, maybe like two months ago is when we first, or it's when we worked last, but I think your customer, I think his leg was shorter like by oh, half yeah. an inch. One and leg shorter? Yeah. yeah my so, wife's like that, I think. I'm yeah, pretty sure so she was. I mean, she just, one foot's bigger than the other or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Yeah. So talk about custom getting a, oh, yeah. a you know, completely, you know, to yeah. fit his legs because, yeah. you know, he's had to live his whole life, you know. Yeah, that guy that. said that he'd had piles of boots made and he just hip issues and all yeah, the rest of it had yeah. so many issues and he finally figured out that one leg was a quarter inch plus yeah shorter than the other so insane and then you know that was another thing and that's what i attribute like i was saying earlier still being in the shop is i'd have made both boots the same and then just made the sole thicker yeah well then you look at somebody's foot and you know what's wrong with your feet so being here allowed you know just because of ray's experience yeah. I know how to do that so that both boots boots look identical because mm-hmm. then you one of them in the in the boot not, yeah, yeah you know just little things like that that come with experience that now i don't have to spend 10 years carving yeah. up boots to figure out mm-hmm. so that, uh, that worked out well for for both of you what you know you you've sold like i said boots all around the world and i'm you know have a client list that's extremely impressive um is there anybody you know when you when somebody contacted you that you were like I get to make a boot for this person. Like, was there like a win for you? Like, did you geek out over somebody because you got an order from, you know, and it might not be somebody famous. It just might be someone that you really looked up to. It isn't. My, the boots that I really like to build for is is ranch cowboys that use them. That's where my, that's where I came from. Those are the guys that Mm -hmm. I really like to build boots for. I was excited about doing boots for them. Uh, excited that's a f- not probably the right word but uh, it it's really pleasing that's what I like to do yeah there's mm-hmm. that flip phone yeah yep it's good work right yeah but is there anyone for you both that stands out you know I've had <clears throat> I've had a I don't I don't know how many but you know a lot of world champion rodeo cowboys and horse trainers and stuff yeah. like that but I'm kind of right there with Ray you know them guys that I use them and appreciate them mm-hmm. I don't know if it's um, you know right off the top of my head I don't I, I like I geek out over, over people that appreciate that know yeah. what a good boot is mm-hmm. 
And most of those people are working cowboys just right. because that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and most of those people have worked their butt off to yeah. spend that money on the boots rather you know than I mean? some businessman who's like, oh, you, you're famous. But I want a pair of those cause, yeah. just because of your name, right? Kind of like me, right? Kind of so, like you, yeah, the ones brown boots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you crap for that forever. Ray says all the time, all my customers are famous. You know, every time somebody asks him that. And that's, that's kind of the truth. But that, yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, to your question, that's what I, I like to build boots for somebody that understands what a good boot is and how they're supposed to fit, and they come to me to do it. Yeah. That, that's kind of where I go, oh, you know what I mean? That's the big And then things, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> and then like, right. like the Virginia guy, you know, I mean, just random people seek me out. Those, that's kind of where I guess I get geeked out about things is, mm-hmm. um, is just because for me, you know, and I... You know, maybe I'm just being arrogant, but it, it uh, three years, all three years, you know, the laborious work of that is, it's building into something. It's yeah. not just something I'm doing. So, yeah. And to be honest, that <clears throat> I had no intention of being a bootmaker for <clears throat> the rest of my life. I was yeah. just doing something, learning something else. You know, it's been my whole uh, cowboy career. It's just when I get learn how to do something, let's go learn how to do something else. Right. You know, I've worked here for. You know, I always said it takes about a year to learn an outfit, a ranch. You know, you learn how things mm-hmm. work in the country. and It's time to pack then up. it's time to go yeah. somewhere else and learn, you know. <laughs> so that, that's kind of probably how I approached this in the beginning. But uh, like I say, when it got to that point where I was ready to do something else, I'd already had enough invested that, yeah. you know, I'd already had some people coming back for a second pair and then a third. So, I, you yeah. know, just kind of, I guess, how the Lord works. Um it just yeah, kind of put it found like your that. calling here but you never thought you'd be here probably the same thing when you grew up you never thought you'd be a boot maker and selling boots yeah, to people know. around the world <laughs> yeah you know, that, <laughs> what would you have like do you is there if you weren't making boots like what else would you be doing do, do you ever think that you look back you're like if i hadn't have met that person that put me into yeah, making boots like where would you where would yeah. you be where would i be yeah you know, that's a, a good question yeah. yeah you know it was a whole sorry <clears throat> And it's funny you, you bring that up because there was about five things that stacked up in five months that brought me to this position. Mm. And it, you know, there was a year in between, but, you know, I was in Wyoming running a pretty good sized ranch and getting along famously one of the best places I'd ever been. And three months later, I'm here. Yeah. And having, I mean, it was just a whirlwind of just stupid things that happened that, and then, uh, the way that I got hooked up with Ray was just kind of one of those, you know, just one of those things that happens. It's not really, I don't know that you could write yeah. it down. You know what yeah. I mean? It wasn't anything really glamorous. I knew a guy who right. showed up somewhere and made a comment and I had mentioned to him, you know, I'll start building boots or the saddles or I didn't say, I never wanted to build saddles and I still don't, but, um, there's a movie, uh, what's that? Uh, Money Walsh. Money Walsh. Oh, Tom Selleck in it, you know. Mm-hmm. And there he had a cowboy buddy that married an old gal and went to work in the store. We made fun of that guy forever, my whole life. That's the guy we've made fun of, right? That quit sells your saddle and you go to Where am I at? Here I am, you know what I mean? So it, and that's just kind of the funny thing about right. it is uh, you know what I, I heard a, a pretty good preacher say one time that most men fall by their strengths mm. so i mean you know there's a lot to that so 
the things that you think never will usually are the first things that do. Yeah. He's got this story about this guy out in Colorado, the guy wearing the duster cap or the duster coat with the, with the hat. Can you tell that story? <laughs> so when that I first, me up. we graduated high school and literally walked across stage, grabbed my diploma, walked out, got in the pickup and drove to Colorado. Um, and I, I went to work for a, just a little old farmer that had a few cows up in the mountains in southern Colorado. And my job was taking care of... So there was a big dude ranch, and they had all this country, and this guy leased that grass for... And he had like 50 head of Hereford cows, you know. And my job was for them dude... <laughs> when them dude, tra- <laughs> dude rides came around... I had to have these cows in a certain spot and go rope a calf. <laughs> um, just, for, just to show. Just, just for the show. dude ranch. Yeah. That was part of his lease. That yeah. He had to have a cowboy around oh. for when his dudes, and they can go back to Pennsylvania and say we saw it. You know, that was just. Yeah. So while we were there, we made a trip to Steamboat Springs, and uh, <laughs> there's a store called Soda Creek Outfitters. And it's a neat store. It's a, you know, it's kind of, it's an old school. They, they sell all them old 1800s clothes and a lot of high, real high-end expensive. You ever been a steamboat? Nothing's cheap in steamboat. But So me and my, my brother were walking through there, you know, and I mean, we're in a, I think I probably even had a ball cap and tennis shoes on, you know. It's just, and there's this guy, he's selling hats, and he's in the store, okay? And this is like July. Yeah. He's in the store working with one of them man from Snowy River old skin slicker <laughs> duster deals. It's got the cape on and the big pop collar. And he's got the Tim McGraw hat on, you know, it's bent down. Like, it's literally tucked inside of his collar in the back. <laughs> and there's this guy, he's, he's up there, you know, he's looking at the hat rack and talking about this. And he's, I think he must have bought a hat because this guy was shaping it. And he says, he makes a comment, he says, oh, no, no. Real cowboys don't wear their hats like that. you got to bend it down so that when it rains, it doesn't gather in your hat. <laughs> And we're standing, you know, I mean, I don't know, we were 15 feet from him. Yeah. My brother hollers out. He goes, yeah, you want it to run down your back like that guy. <laughs> yeah, of course, that's oh, one of oh, yeah. Shut up, Steve. Yeah, but, we need to leave. We, yeah. yeah, like one of those moments. But we didn't. We just sat there, and they both looked at us, and I don't, you know, yeah. he probably made some snide comment because I'm wearing a ball cap, or I don't know. Right. Right. But that was just... That was kind of a funny, you know, cowboy story. And you see that all the time, you know, when you go to the to the rodeo, the guy that's mm-hmm. got his spit shine boots and his brand new, we had a guy, who was telling that? Oh, had a kid in here earlier, and he said that he'd worked at Letty's, and uh, he'd sold a guy a $200 hat, and he put a $1,200 hat band on it. <laughs> Jesus, oh my God. You know, just little things like that. And then, I mean, even you would recognize a hat like that. You're like, what is this guy? What are you doing? What is this yeah, guy? Yeah. It looks like one you pick up from, like, Love's, okay. you know, at the yeah. Love's gas station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's one of those. Like, like, yeah, I'm going to grab one of those. On. Yeah, why not? Yeah, it's yeah. probably that hat yeah, that you yeah. see, you know, with the diamonds in it and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a pretty good yeah. story. I love that story so much. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I mean... You know, we're, I don't want to take any more of your time. This has been awesome. We're we're all, almost an hour, and you guys have shared some amazing stories. I know it goes fast, but I know you have some things to do. Um, really, thank you guys so much for taking the time and sharing some stories. And um, one day I will buy a pair of boots from both of you if I hit the jackpot. Right. Um, I won't tell my wife Boy, that. Where yeah. I know exactly. <laughs> the thing is, I've got. I'm only. Th- I'm, only you know, I'm almost thirty. I've got hopefully a long life ahead of me. And just give her parent uh, price. Parent price is where you give them ninety percent off. You know. Uh, 
know? Oh, yeah. Like, how much did that I might cost? just stop paying so, you yeah. now and yeah, then installments. So, and we're like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. But no, it's been a pleasure. And Eric, thanks for, you know, making the introduction yeah, and, yeah, and you of know, course. sharing this awesome story. And for everyone listening, I mean, like I said, there, there may be a Facebook page. I'll find that out and we'll link it. But you've got to come up here and don't bug these guys too much because they're busy. Uh, but, <laughs> Unless you know, you're buying something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, it's been a pleasure to share or, the story. Or good stories. If you've got yeah. good, stories, good stories, we'll listen to them. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers. You bet. Thank you. This podcast was presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, who've been telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. Follow them online at OklahomaHOF.com and definitely on Instagram at OklahomaHOF. Catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.